0: Hello and welcome to episode three of the Damned United podcast. I'm Billy Lumsden. I'm Adam Jameson. And we've made it to a third episode of the show. Thanks to you guys. And just wanted to give a huge shout shout out sorry, to uh, everyone who listened in last week. We saw over 500 listeners for our first show, which, to be honest, was more than we ever expected, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. Met yeah. with hugely positive sentiment across um, all channels of listeners from Australia, Canada, obviously England and in and around Ireland as well. So massive thanks to you guys and hopefully we can continue to deliver some really good content. Um, but I won't promise too much
1: for you. <laughs> Ads, how's your week been? Not too bad, yeah. It was, it was going well until I found out that someone's decided to, a professional <laughs> footballer has decided to go and play in a, a red and black shed on the South Coast <laughs> instead of sign for League United Football Club. But sure we we'll should come on to that.
0: Yeah, well, to be fair, that's um, a really good place to start because we put a pollout out. There were only 27 votes, but you guys were the keen ones. You got on there and you decided that you wanted to chat around Joe Rodon, uh, not Joe Rogan, and uh, Max Ahrens first, as opposed to the Cardiff fallout. Equally both as bad as each other, um, now that we've noticed it, as Adam just said, uh, Max Aaron's has gone to Bournemouth for 7 million plus add-ons when we thought he would be in a white shirt, potentially as early as Birmingham away on Saturday. But that's not the case. So, ads. I'll, I'll let you chat around Joe Rodon first, and then we'll uh,
1: touch on the traitor afterwards. Yeah, I think Joe Rodon's a, a very sensible signing. I think what happened to Cooper at the weekend, highlighted even more that we needed a new centre-half. So, I think he it seems like a, a reasonable signing. He's got experience at this level. He's got a little bit of experience with Tottenham. Obviously, spent last season on loan at uh, Renz? Is that how you is that how you pronounce it? Renz. Renz. There was some, there was some questionable there was some questionable pronunciation from me
0: last week as yeah. well. Uh, but I'll just check that because I'm not having the same apologies to Richard Cresswell as well, because yeah. he's actually he's actually Creswell's dad. So apologies for those that got in touch with us, that is the case. Um but yeah,
1: carry yeah. on mate. I think I think yeah, it makes sense. We need we definitely need another centre back after after cooper's injury so yeah he seems like he should be able to to pretty much slot straight in and he he kind of fits in with the the welsh mold that we're building to replace the american model that we had last <laughs> season yeah that's a great point and obviously yeah you were bang
0: on by the way uh Ren, Ren i'm not Ren's. sure how you pronounce
1: well, it well maybe joe Roden can <laughs> tell us <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll be getting Roden and Chris well on to uh, correctors in the near future. But yeah, I'm complete agreement with you on that. I think you know it's it's a very solid signing. Potentially not the centre half I'd have gone to, which we'll touch on shortly with a question that we've had from one of our listeners. But you know, I think it's a very solid one, and there's no way on earth that we can complain at signing a player of that calibre. Yeah. so spent obviously last season on at Wren established player from time to time. At, Spurs and obviously within that Wales squad as well so a really good signing on the flip side it could have been two in one day which for us seems like an absolute weird day of football doesn't it (laughs) absurdity if that is a word Um, but you know we are where we are Max aaron has gone to Bournemouth instead Um, can't really say much more than that choosing Bournemouth over Leeds United played with Farker the deal made sense go on
1: yeah, just, you can't blame him. He's been offered Premier League football and, and probably a hefty amount of money extra per week. But yeah, Leeds United transfers nearly turned into London buses. Uh, <laughs> we nearly got two for the price of one. But yeah, unfortunately, he's he's decided to, to choose the cherries over a proper football club. And we're just going to have to get on with that and move on. But what I would say is... it. A right-back, I know you can play left-back as well, but it didn't strike me as a, a, a kind of priority signing in that we've got Ehling and Drama. I know he didn't have the best of games at the weekend. we will come on to that. we will come on to, but yeah, it, it, I think I said last week, I like the look of Cody Drama and I think we're all excited to see a little bit more of him this season. So I guess signing Max Aaron's would have kind of put him further down the pecking order. So it it's interesting to to know what's going on in that kind of department.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I think the dynamic's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? And I think it's too early to tell. Obviously Aylin
0: hasn't covered himself in glory just yet. And I'm sure I'm sure he'll get another chance. I hope he gets another chance. Um but, you know, as you said there's no more that we can really say or do on that. It'd have been a great signing on paper. Again, another player who's played with and Byron was made permanent, which was, you know, it's, it's a good move. And again, we'll touch on the player ratings in a bit, but he played considerably well when he came on um, on Sunday. So yeah, I think that's all we can say on Joe Rodon and Max Aarons. Hopefully more moves to come shortly, but again, no no grumbles with, with Joe Rodon. Um, Question, as we touched on, um, from Josh, one of our listeners. Thanks, Josh, for getting in touch. If you could realistically sign a centre-back, a centre-midfielder and a striker, who would it be and why? So, I'll let you go first and I'll jump in after.
1: So, centre-back would be, for me, Nat Phillips. We've been linked with him. He's not going to get a look-in, I don't think, at Liverpool. He's got experience of getting out of this division. He's got experience at much higher levels than this. I think he'd be a, a fantastic partner and guide for Charlie Creswell. So yeah, I think Nat Phillips at centre-half. Uh, central midfielder, I'd go for Kamara from Rangers. Again, we've been linked. I like him. He seems like the type of central midfielder that that would kind of fit that mould for Fark in, in, um, in, in that kind of central midfield role that Fark likes to play. And then up front it would have to be Joe Burrow. I don't know why we've not done it yet. It, it makes a lot of sense. He scored plenty of goals over the last couple of seasons. Forty one. Yeah. Forty one league goals
0: in the last two 41 seasons. Forty one league
1: goals. If you want goals in the championship, get him in your team. It's, get it in sure, your bag. Get it, get it in your bag. And check surely, out. <laughs> surely it's a no brainer though, right? Yeah, I, I guess the only sticking point would be the money. But yeah, the, what what the Max Aaron so potential signing does show is that there is a little bit of cash knocking about there I think it was was it 7 million rising to 12 I know that I think Swansea have said that they're holding out for 15 million so just pay the extra few million get the goals <laughs> if it was only that easy yeah. if it wasn't us making them decisions would be fine wouldn't we we need to do a, do a Chelsea style oh, transfer deal and just give them give them 5 million for the next 5 years if you want
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm not what too far think? from you. Yeah, I'm not too far from you. So, Nat Phillips I had and Joel Perreault. Um Again, Nat Phillips, 17 Premier League appearances, 20 to 21. Then he went on loan to Bournemouth, 17 Premier League appearances. He hasn't featured much in the last couple of years, but massive Champions League experience. Played a pivotal role for Liverpool when they needed him to step up. And that kind of experience is invaluable. He's only 26-year-old, so... I definitely feel as though he'd been a great fit, but as we've seen, Joe Rodon seems like a very solid signer on paper and hopefully he can come in and do a really good job for us. The only difference I had was Gus Hamer from Coventry. Again, a bit more of a probably attacking midfielder, but was pivotal in getting Coventry to the playoff final last year. Obviously, they fell short to Luton, but him alongside Giorca and he was one that I'd have also liked to have signed before he went to Sporting, but... He seems like a, a brilliant player. The links are still very loose with him, so hopefully we can sign him. But um, I'm sure time will tell. 11 goals and 10 assists last season. So the numbers are absolutely massive, which is uh, which is good. But yeah, those would be my three, again, if money was no object. But of course it is. And we are where we are, Mr Jameson.
1: We yeah, are. I think uh, Hamer seems like the type of player who would potentially fit that attacking midfield role that we've been missing since pablo left we've not really had that proper creative attacking fielder yeah but you know they need a, a a striker to supply the goals for so <laughs> which again we'll come on to
0: so that was the first part uh, chatting around joe rodon and max aarons and a question from the listeners so next on we will be touching on cardiff what went wrong what went right who was to blame and our listeners' ratings. So, Leeds United 2, Cardiff 2. I'm assuming, well, never assume as they say, but I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this knows the score. I'd like to think so. (laughs) But, yeah, a tale of two halves, it has to be said. Thoughts on the whole?
1: Overall a massive improvement on on what we've been watching over the last kind of year or so obviously disappointing not to get 3 points i think it was just nice to watch some football some actual football where the goalkeeper passes it out from defence if that's a snapshot
0: a 90 minute snapshot into what the next 45 games are going to be bringing us then we're in for one hell of a ride again and a massive roller coaster yeah
1: yeah um it it was just nice to see the players trying to play football in the way that i think we've all been conditioned to think football should be played since since we had that journey under bielsa and yeah i think attacking attacking wise you could see that that we've got kind of a lot of danger in 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 attacking positions with the the flare and the spark that we've got in in some of the attacking players defensively it just felt like deja vu but (laughs) you're gonna get deja vu when you start four out of the same kind of back five that we had last season that were. That have been shipping goals for fun in the last two Premier League seasons, averaging that, averaging two goals conceded yeah. a game over thirty eight games. which yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty horrible. Being one of the worst defensive sides that the Premier League's seen over over the course of a two year period. So, yeah, i i, I didn't I didn't think much would change on that front, and nothing much did change. But I'm sure we'll, we'll unpack the goals a little bit. Yeah, it was the same old
0: frailties. Me as well, I just it's baffling because I felt like we were always going to have this problem at this, like throughout the season. You know, we've got great attacking players, regardless of which ones are cherry picked to go in the Premier League or abroad. That's not going to change because of the depth. I actually feel like we've got genuine depth there, both in our young players and the attackers that we've got. We'll obviously come on to the injuries because that's massively scuppering the depth at the minute, but you know, the depth is there on paper. It was always going to be the defence for me. Joe Rodan goes somewhere to addressing that. I still think we're a right-back shot. And again, we'll touch on some of the questions that we've had shortly. But yeah, completely agree with that. And it was just agonising to see where those, where those goals came from. And again, we'll touch on the ratings now. So then you can go and have a rant. I think judging by what he told me before we came on air, you're going to stick up for him, which is absolutely baffling. But... Again, we can we can hash this out shortly. But, yeah, thank you to all 36 of you. We're going to try and keep this going throughout the season, hopefully get more and more of our listeners involved. But 36 of you, again, went through the player ratings in partnership with Pundit. So thanks to those guys for putting that data together for us and rated the players that obviously featured on Sunday. And the top three were Somerville. Um, so he got an average rating of 797 Really strong rating from him and can't really argue with that. Archie Gray, 7.74. Ampadu, 7.17. So, thoughts on those three? I think that's pretty fair considering how the game unfolded and how
1: how they played the part in that game. Yeah, I think they'd be kind of standout three players. I was really impressed with Archie Gray. Really impressed for, for such a young player to come in and look, so comfortable and composed. Really impressed. Somerville obviously got a, got us out of it at the end, but overall, I thought I thought he had a, an impressive game. And Amperdu looked really neat and tidy and dynamic in that midfield. Something that I think we were we were missing last season. He's a player who can can do a bit of both and get about the pitch. I don't I don't feel like we had that much last season in, in midfield.
0: Yeah. So two things on that. I feel like Somerville. I said it on Sunday, but I was so impressed with that finish. Obviously, being a striker, you're obviously defender. So you're gonna uh, you're gonna join the right back to lions shortly, I'm sure. But Somerville, that was such an unbelievable finish. Take away the fact that it was ninety fifth minute, fair enough. But on the on the fall, going to ground, almost like a half volley snapshot almost like jumpers for goalposts for those who's played it in the day. But that finish was unbelievable from from such a young head and obviously got, got us out of it on the day. So, yeah, dead impressed with that finish. And then Ampadu and Gray as well. So I, I spoke about them last week at Hearts. Felt like they had a really good chemistry with one another. Felt like they played really well, bounced off each other very well. And, you know, it seemed to be the case again on, on Sunday. So I'm hoping they can establish a really good partnership. I don't agree with Archie Gray playing... Every every week and you know, 46 games across the season for a 17-year-old is going to be tough and we're going to have to have someone in there that can come and do that job. Uh, Matt JB, he'll be a very good player as well who can come in and do that and fit that mould. But really, really impressed with those two and I, and I feel as well, obviously, with Adams potentially rumoured to go to Chelsea. No idea how they can keep signing players, by the way. Be a huge loss, but those two can do more than just a good job for us, in my opinion. So, those are your top three players. Byron came fourth, so potentially surprisingly, but as we said, we, we were impressed with him, weren't we? Yeah. Cresswell, fifth. Um, and then, obviously, you've got a mixed bag in between there. Geld, <laughs> Andy Hinchcliffe mentioned Geld on the commentary on Sunday. We'll go didn't, with that, Andy he just, didn't, he just didn't fill me with confidence. I was like, I needed something to fill me with confidence and how to pronounce it. So, apologies for those out there who are going to grill me again for getting that wrong. I've had plenty of stick... For that already, but the one who managed to sneak a 3.86 rating on average, and I say sneak because I still think that's high in my opinion, is Luke Aylin. Obviously, we love him to pieces. There's a lot of people that don't. You know, he's been on a massive journey with us, and yeah, you can say you can play the sentimental card. He was with us for his promotion. He played his part. Always gave us his all for in the Premier League, apart from that goal at Bournemouth. Let's uh, make no mistake about that. But you know, what are your thoughts on that, being a, a right-back and, you know, no one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville and all that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, nobody wants to be Gary Neville, full stop. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Ailing was involved in both the goals. But I don't know how I've ended up coming to this position, but I am going to defend him a little bit here. Because if you look at both the goals, he's getting no support from his wingers. And... When the opposition overloads and as a right back, when you're in that position, sometimes you, you have got to choose who you're going to mark. Are you going to tuck in and, and take the man who's taken the more central position, who's pulled off the centre half, or are you going to stick with the opposition's winger or, or potential fullback that's joined the attack and leave a player unmarked in the midfield in in the centre of the pitch? So obviously. It looks like it's Luke Aileen's fault because he looks massively out of position with with the player coming in from wide that's ended up on the ball. But I think he could have had more support from, from his wingers. And if I remember rightly, the first goal, I think Nonton Somerville had just swapped over for some reason, just before the the Cardiff first goal. And I don't know whether there was some miscommunication between Aileen and and Somerville and Nantes swapping over and maybe they didn't track back properly, but obviously it left a gaping hole in the defence and he was in acres acres of space to pick his cross.
0: And I don't, again,
1: you know, I thought he had a torrid game,
0: you know, everyone does from time to time. We've had plenty of stinkers in our Sunday league career, haven't we? But yeah, I I agree with that to an extent, you know, the positioning was awful, in my opinion, and that's not going to change. However. I'm not sure which one out of Amber doing great was, but the guy drifting in who scored the first goal, Josh Bowler, he had a free run at it. Yeah, I mean, The ball was dragged back. He had one shot. Three players blocked it and shot again and scored. So, yeah. so you know, sure while, while Ayling got the stick and got the flack, probably rightfully so, the ball's still got to go a long way yeah. to find in the back of the net. Um, So poor defending there. Again, once a ball watching, but maybe on your heels for that second goal, it's come right across the face of goal. He should
1: really know where his man is, tucking behind him. But, but again, he's, he's got two, there's, there's two players for it at the back post, so he either splits them or he goes and marks one of them. And either way, he's leaving one of them or both of them in, in more space than what they should be. So, yeah, it, it didn't look great, and it, it does beg the question whether it's time for us to have a, another option, another more permanent option at right-back. But I'm not going to lump in on, on Aileen because he's he's probably had enough of that this week. <laughs> he has, and he's one of our
0: favourites, isn't it, yeah. it's fair to say. So, yeah, all right, I'll leave it there. You've, you've done a great job at defending him. Our listeners are not going to be happy at all, by the way. But the 3.86 rating has given you the chance to have your say. You know, I'm in complete agreement with that. You said it was a bit harsh. I said it... It wasn't harsh enough. <laughs> so we'll put this out on a little poll for you um, to grill him a bit more because, you know, there's there's only so far you can take it. But we'll simply be asking, is it harsh? Is it not harsh? That's all. We don't want to load in on him because, you know, he doesn't deserve it. Been a great servant. He's had
1: one bad game. Does he deserve to start at Birmingham? Yes. Because I don't think... his drama fit? I don't think he's fit, I don't think it's no. fit, no. So, I think, for me, yes. I, I would still start and I think the one change... Obviously, we're forced into a change with Cooper being out injured, but I think Byram should come in at left-back. And, yeah, I, I would stick with Luke Aileen at right-back for now. And we have got to stick with the, the right-back alliance. Let's see if Farklife does. Yeah. And also, one one other thing to pick up on with Ailion. I saw... A heat map of the average positions of all the different players and Aliens was really far forward. he obviously been told to, to get forward and I can't imagine, especially in that first half when he was on he was on Fark's touchline, I can't imagine if Fark didn't want him to be getting that far forward and making those runs. I can't imagine that he'd have been allowed to continue to do it all game if he'd not been told to. So I just think it's the way that we're going to play with Full-backs, fully engaging in, in, in attacking phases. So I think that's just what Fark expects. And and maybe Aileen might have a couple of issues getting up and down now. But yeah, I think for me, I'd still start him away at Birmingham. Good job. Well, we'll see. He's obviously
0: starting at right-back in your predicted XI. or Predicted 11, sorry. Um, don't know why I'm speaking in Roman numerals. <laughs> um, but we'll come on to that later. Simon? One of our keen listeners, Lewis Hurst, brother, Simon Hurst, great shout out for you, mate. Uh, Thanks again for getting in touch. He mentioned, is it too early to say, should Leeds be looking at playoffs? Do you think we'll get playoffs? Um, Very similar question to what we asked last week, so we won't spend too much time on it. I'm still going to say yes. I feel like we, we definitely will get playoffs. I went out on a whim and said that we would get the top two. I don't think that changes. You know, you can ask me in six, seven weeks and I might have a different stance. But from my perspective, I think it's too early to tell yet. I'd agree.
1: I'm I'm going to stick to my guns as well and say I think we'll be there or thereabouts. But until we sign some key players in in key positions, I can't see us being one of the teams in the playoffs. If we sign a striker, if we sign uh, an attacking midfielder, if we get a couple of defensive reinforcements, then possibly. But... With the squad how it is currently and i think we're also expecting maybe one or two more to to leave yeah so yeah at this current stage i i would say i would snap your hands off for the playoffs yeah so i think we'll be there or thereabouts but but just miss out
0: perfect so that was simon's question thanks again for getting in touch just on that as you said signing all these different players tyler adams expected to go could potentially lose one of our major attacking threats list of injuries Rutter, Adams currently, only a couple of weeks. Greenwood, Harrison, Somerville, which was obviously a key player for us on Sunday. He's out for roughly three to four weeks. Matteo Joseph, Bamford, Firpo, Cooper and Dallas. Uh, Dallas is the uh, Mr. Mystery, as our teacher the forgotten used man. to Yeah, Our teacher used to be called Mr. Mystery, <laughs> didn't he? What a name. Um, but yeah, the forgotten man. Um, and yeah, you know, it'll be, it'll be very, very interesting to see kind of you know that is just an incredible amount of players to be missing. You know it's, it, our our squad is is threadbare now. It's very thin, and uh, you know we we have to sign other players. We can't be relying on, on our youth players, and yeah, it's it's not looking good. But you know it can change very quickly, as we know.
1: No, but I think there's a there's a few players on that list that you've mentioned who are just kind of serial. Um serial players that are on the, the physios bench Cooper I don't think he'll play a full season again mm-hmm. for the rest of his career he's just at that age now where it he, he picks up knocks and it, it takes him a bit longer to recover from them so I don't think Cooper like he has been for the last two or three seasons he's not going to be someone that we can rely on week in week out uh, Bamford gets injured all the time again highlights why we need another striker because he, he you can't rely on Bamford to play a week in week out especially in the Championship 46 games Saturday, Tuesday it's 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 a, it's a tough old league Firpo seems to be injured a lot again he, he doesn't seem to be able to get a run of games where he can stay injury free so yeah it's a long injury list but when you actually look at the players on it you think well you know the players that, that are quite often injured for us so
0: yeah, no, you're right. And uh, just on the topic of that, we've got a little question. So Rob, one of our listeners who is listening from Canada, shout out to you, Rob. Thanks for listening all the way over there. Not sure why on earth you're listening to us, but we do really appreciate it, mate. So thank you. He asked. Uh, he had a question that was centred around three players, Somerville, Nonto and Harrison, all three uh, cogs in the League United machine and certainly have been over the last couple of years. And his question was, keep one, sell one, and learn one.
1: And I found this quite difficult. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Can we learn any more players? That's <laughs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> you can't get out of it, that is it? <laughs> Uh So, yeah, it, it's a tough one. But I would keep on. Nonto. I think he's got something magic. I'm, I still think we're... Well, We're yet to see the best of him in a lead shirt, even though he's been very exciting, very promising. I still think there is more to come from from Nonta. I think if he gets a run of games in the championship, I think he could cause some real damage to teams. I'd sell Somerville. I like him. I think he's, again, an exciting young prospect. My problem with Somerville is, I think he's an instinctive finisher. I think the the goal that he scored on on yeah. on Sunday was was an instinct an instinctive finish. <laughs> get there. We'll get there in the end. And I think I think for his age and what he's actually done so far for the club, I think we could command quite a decent fee for him. And I'd I'd loan Harrison because Jack Harrison has done absolutely nothing wrong. He would not be. I think no one would be able to hold a grudge against him if. If he left on loan and then potentially came back, or I think he, even if he did go on loan, I think he'd he'd retain his value, his transfer value, because I think if he goes to the Premier League on loan, I think he'll have a good season. So, yeah, I'd, I'd keep on to sell some of our loan Harrison. How about you? Different to me. Yeah, quite different.
0: So I'd actually keep Harrison, which is so strange because I think again a lot of our younger base have varying this varying uh opinions on harrison but i don't think you can argue with his figures you know we hate his corners we mentioned we were actually spoke about this and that was the only thing i was going to say as much as we love archie gray i said i really don't like his corners to you on whatsapp yeah. <laughs> do you remember what you
1: replied I-, I replied saying he's been going to the jack harrison school of corners <laughs>
0: And I was in bits at that to be fair because, you know, if there's one person you don't want to be taking tips off for your, your corners, then it's Jack Harrison. And yeah. yeah, that was the only fault of Archie Gray, I'd say, on Sunday. But, <clears throat> excuse me, like, you can't argue with his figures. Eight goals, eight assists, eight goals, one assist, and five goals, seven assists in his three Premier League seasons. Yeah, And, you know, while they probably weren't Legion United's best numbers in a season they were probably the most consistent over those three-year three, three year period. And I think for that reason, you know, again, I would love to have him back at Leeds. He's obviously done it for us before in the Championship, so I think there's no reason why he can't do it again. He obviously loves Leeds. He was in bits at the end of the season. You know, he was on the verge of joining... Was it Leicester? It was Leicester, wasn't it? In... He was Championship-bound anyway. <laughs> yeah, he, he may as well stick around, Jackie. But he was in... Yeah, exactly. You know, as you say, it was... He was literally on the verge of joining Leicester and I'm really, really glad he didn't. Obviously, didn't make much difference in the end, but I genuinely think he's been a really great servant and he doesn't deserve half the stick he gets, certainly from a lot of our fans. So, I would keep him. I would loan Somerville. This one was a tough one because I think the reason... I'll come on to Somerville, but I would sell Nonto because I think you'll get a lot of money for him. Yeah, not a lot of money, but you're talking 10, 15 million from those, whether it's Everton or whether he goes abroad, that are linked with him. You can. Again, if that's the money we need to buy per you know, if only football worked that easily from our headspace. But, you know, if, if you could go and, and reinvest in that in a championship striker that's going to get you 15, 20 goals to get you out of the league, I would do it. Again, you can play the age card. You know, he's so raw, he's so talented and, you know, people might crucify for, me for this, but again, it was a toss-up between him and Somerville and I think Somerville, again, is going to play a massive role for us in the future. Again, hopefully, he doesn't go in around the 10 million mark. So, I'm hoping that was good enough justification, but I would keep Harrison, Salmanto, and Lone. Some of it yeah. <laughs> got there in the end. Or we could just
1: keep them all in the 49ers <laughs> and get their hands in the in the, in the pockets and put yeah. out a checkbook.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. And yeah, this has been quite a nice segment. Um, we've only got one question to wrap it up before we move on to our favourite kit. Another question from our viewers, uh, sorry, listeners, hopefully viewers soon, who knows. And then we will touch on, obviously, Shrewsbury, which we'll gloss over, and then Birmingham. So last question from Cam is, if you could only pick one out of these to strengthen, so would you pick the defence or the attack? And which one would it be? And quote, he said, the strikers can't finish their dinner, And the defenders can't defend in Division 3 of the Leeds Combination (laughs) League, which is a league that me and him and Cherwell and Swillington play in. So, again, it's probably a fair comment. You know, I think this is a tough one.
1: Cam, this is a really tough question. (laughs) Because, ultimately, if we're going to do anything this season, we need to strengthen both. I guess it comes down to what your philosophy is a football fan is <laughs> yeah what do you want to see i
0: was just going to say i think we're going to go the complete opposite on this but i would sign a striker that's going to get you 20 to 25 goals and i just i always remember the taxi driver when we were in ayah and he we'd just signed thomas christensen at the time and obviously he was over there um briefly and his i always remember it and you know, I, I, I don't think it was exactly the Christiansen style, but he was like, Oh, he doesn't focus on defence, he only focuses on attack. So, you know, if you score more goals than the defence, you win the game. Very Michael Owen esque. <laughs> and I thought, Do you know what? And it's absolutely it's a brilliant point. You know, it's not my philosophy on football, but I do think that if you have a clinical striker that will score you 20, 25 goals, then I do genuinely think that he will fire you up. Not single-handedly, but you have a player that can get on the end of balls and scores that many goals for you. You know, Tony did it the other year at Brentford, just to name a couple of examples. Like, I genuinely feel like that is more often than not enough to kind of help you get up.
1: Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But I'm I'm sick and tired of watching this team concede the most <laughs> ridiculous goals. I'm sick and tired of it. So I, I'd send them the defence because I think we've got talent in attacking positions and I think in quite a number of games, I think we'll just have too much, a little bit like we did on Sunday, we'll just have too much quality in those attacking positions and I think we'll overrun teams if we manage to keep hold of what we've got, of course. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think we need a, a front man to kind of fire us out of the league if if we're going to we're going to make a a promotion challenge i think we need a front line we need a striker who can bag 2025 and complement all that attacking talent that we've got but i think yeah i'm sick and tired of seeing these ridiculous defensive errors and silly silly goals that we can see all the time week in week out and i think if we could strengthen the defense and eliminate that then You'd only need a little bit of spark every now and again from 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 the array of attacking talent that we've got. So I'd strengthen the defence.
0: Agreed. No. Well, I don't know why I've just said agreed, I've agreed because we're about to stop recording and go on to the last section, but I don't agree. But technically Adam's played a cheat code. He's cheated his way to victory there because technically if you strengthen defence, you can strengthen in four areas and the keeper. Whereas striker you can only strengthen guess, one player. I guess. I guess that's true. <laughs> So, yeah, up next, as I've already said, we're going to touch on our favourite kit, uh, a bit on about Shrewsbury, but very minimal, and then end with Birmingham predicted 11 and our scoreline. Brill, so, get right to it. Question from one of our listeners, Aaron. Thanks for getting in touch, mate. Favourite ever kit and why oh wow i've just seen that on the screen
1: we'll have to tweet it out so you can see it because i don't think it will be kind of high on people's list of favorite kits but i love this kit it's from the 2008 2009 season it's the away kit and it was the one that was the stripy blue kit so it's stripy light blue and stripy navy blue and I've just shown you a picture of Jimmy yeah. Bexford and Neil Kilkenny modelling it there. <laughs> That's actually a really nice kit. I think and it's I com- a lovely kit. Completely forgot all, all about that, to be fair. We've never had anything like it since. And I just think it's 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 a lovely kit. Yeah,
0: it's funny you mentioned that as well, because you just said we went like it since. And it comes on nicely to <clears throat> the, because Aaron actually replied with this question and tagged me in it. After the revealing of the fruit salad kit. The fruit salad kit. And it does look like one of my SIS gels that I run <laughs> with and use that is fruit salad and it is absolutely hideous. It tastes hideous as well for, for those interested. But that is awful. Like that the kit is absolutely dire. Yeah. How can how can those at Adidas say, yeah, we're gonna go with this and roll it out as a third kit? Yeah.
1: It's it just looks like a child has got hold of some pain and <laughs> Gone wild, yeah. and then the parents have come up and been like, "What on earth are you doing?" And that's the thing when when it was released last year, obviously the
0: paint job, which was awful, like yellow, green, blue, whatever the hell you want to say about it, it's the only kit. I was at Southampton, and I was like, I started to sort people wearing it, and it, I I had to I generally had to shield my eyes, yeah, because it's the only kit that I feel looks worse on and in person. Than it does behind the screen, and I'm hoping that this isn't going to be the case for for this one. But I don't
1: feel like I will actually warm to it. No, the The third kit last season, the the greeny blue one, the paint job. When I first saw that, I thought that might look alright in person, and then the first <laughs> time I saw it in person, I thought, no, absolutely not. It was probably butch you <laughs> away. Yeah, and I think this one looks horrific, but. Yeah, I, I don't get why I did ask, i just do as a white home kit, a yellow away kit, blue. and a blue third kit, it's, and, it's really not difficult. And coming off the back of that, so mine
0: is the, I mean I've got to pick one so I'll go with blue because I've got one in my wardrobe, but the blue strongbow kit. Yeah. So I want to say 03 or 04, I don't actually know, I really hope that is, it might be, no I think it's 02 or 03. I'm going to say. It's the Martin Vaduka kit, it isn't is it? It is its the Martin Maduka kit. And he was one of my favourite Leeds players. I absolutely loved uh, Dukes. And I do genuinely feel like that is just the last time that they properly nailed on, got what it meant to be and what it meant to wear a Leeds United kit. You know, you just mentioned the yellow, white and blue. It's just
1: simplicity's key. Like, just, just roll out a kit that does that and people will buy it. They don't even have to change the design. They just have to change the colours on it. Exactly,
0: exactly, so I absolutely love those kits, not not the greatest memories in there, but I'll always remember the Leeds 3 Arsenal 2 game at Ireland. Marco, Marco Vaduka. Oh, such a good game, um, I've no idea I'll remember that, but having watched it back, I was only six at the time, um, sorry for you all the listeners out there to rub <laughs> it in, but yeah, so those are the kits that I would go with, and you know, in fairness, as much as... They haven't nailed the third kit. The home kit is actually beautiful this year, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice white kit with the the yellow and
1: the uh the yellow and blue trimmings. Yeah, I think they've got the they've got the home kit spot on. And as I said, they didn't need to change the design of it; just tweak the colours for the away kit and the third yeah. kit, and you'd be you'd be spot on, Adidas. So, also. so next season, <laughs> marketing have yep, a year off, have a year off, and. Let us design your kits. Yeah. And we, <laughs> on the
0: topic of that, great question, Aaron, but we spent far too much time talking <laughs> about it. So, I mean, Natalie's going to be on with heaters shortly. She's going to be ready. <laughs> but we will put out a poll. Um, obviously, the two that me and Adam have discussed, we'll get some photos, clip those up for you as well. But again, please get in touch with your favourite kits, favourite League United kits, favourite memories, wearing Leeds United kits. I'm sure there'll be some crackers out there as well. So, touching on... Tonight's game, so i uh, recording recalling this Wednesday evening, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, so it's
1: Shrewsbury. Should be a win on paper. You'd like to think so, yeah. I think there'll be a few changes in the starting lineup, I'd imagine. And yeah, it should be run of the mill, score a few goals, <laughs>
0: try not concede. <laughs> yeah. JB... Hart, you know, obviously a few players from Sunday might feature as well.
1: Perveda, could start. Yeah, I tell you what, he played
0: brilliantly on Sunday, I thought, when he came on. Not brilliantly, but I think in terms of, like, twisting, I mean, I feel sorry for that uh, left-back's ankles because Paveda had him on toast and, you know, I'm hoping that he's going to add a bit off the bench. I don't think he'll start, but I do think he'll add quite a bit off the bench this season. So, yeah, hopefully we can see more flashes of brilliance from those players. More minutes in the tank. And get us geared up for Saturday, which brings us nicely on to Birmingham. They drew with Swansea one all um after going one up. Surike Dembele scored. You know, he's had a really good couple of years, played at Peterborough, been at Bournemouth, um, and now he's at Birmingham and obviously already off and running for the season as well. They've got Kevin Long, decent defender, who was formerly at Burnley. Um, and Scott Hogan as well, he's a bit of a championship merchant, an, 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 almost like a modern Billy Sharp, <laughs> albeit without uh, as many goals so what are your thoughts in general heading into Sunday? There'll they'll be
1: a tough opposition at St Andrews, won't they? Yeah, I Yeah, I think it'll be a, a tough game, I don't think we'll be going into many games kind of thinking we're going we're gonna to roll over these this season so yeah, Sarika Dembele uh, got a lot of respect for him, I had him at, at Peter Brown football manager (laughs) uh, did absolute bits so yeah I I know what Sirike Dembele can do and that's why I'm fearful.
0: (laughs) Why was I not surprised then I can't even believe I picked that up yeah so for those out there we will try and give as much context as we can um, to certain things having grown up with each other for a, a long while too long but yeah Adam is much like his old man addicted to football manager he's never off the thing um, and having played it he's, he's often ended up in 2038 he's played it that long but yeah he's a massive uh, football manager advocate and yeah he'll often <laughs> he'll often pick the players out for me based upon that
1: it, we're also forgetting someone from uh, the birmingham squad a uh, mr tyler roberts oh, no. how could we forget <laughs> it's got 1-0 <one-nil>, tyler Roberts. <laughs> written all over it
0: (laughs) yeah I I have no words other than you've just jinxed it so I think I'm going to be going for that in my score prediction later on (laughs)
1: yeah but yeah
0: we should wrap him up really shouldn't we like again he started for Birmingham on on Saturday you know did he start up front or it was almost as like an inverted not an inverted it was almost as a winger in a 4-2-3-1 formation so going to be interesting to see I imagine he'll be starting for Birmingham again on Saturday, we should really have enough to deal with. It. But as we've
1: already touched on, our defence isn't the greatest at the minute. So Robert will just be it'll be peeling off into the ocean that <laughs> the alien lives <laughs> on the <laughs> on the right hand side, will not you?
0: You're not wrong there. But yeah, you know it'll be interesting to see how we do get on. Again, missing Somerville probably, missing Cooper. Depending on what happens with Rodon, you'd probably think that Cresswell and Strike will start at centre halves, but yeah, we'll touch on that shortly um, in our predicted 11. Final bit of episode three. It's been a, a smooth one today, to say the least. A bit, a bit less awkward than last week. A little bit less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nonetheless, here we are. So, touched on everything this week Cardiff Fallout. Player ratings, Joe Rodon, Max Aaron's. the list of injuries, taking your questions. Again, thank you very much for those that have got in touch. We'd love to hear more from you as the weeks go on. Um, so we'll end with predicted 11 for the trip to Birmingham. Cannot wait to go and be back amongst it.
1: Yeah. Exciting stuff. I've gone with my 11 as Melier, Ailing, Cresswell, Strike, Byron, Ampadu, Gray, Nonto, Sinistera, James and Joffy. I'm annoyed because we haven't touched base. We haven't touched base about it. We know we we do.
0: We're similar but the back four is completely different which is where I think most of the issues are going to... I think we're both clueless to be honest. (laughs) You'll probably have a better idea than me. I don't think he'll start early. I genuinely don't and the reason being is I think he'll start Byron at right back, and I think he'll trust Leo. We'll call him Leo. <laughs> we can't get away with calling him that. We need official clarification on of what he's going to call, uh, what, was, what his name is. So apologies um, to you, but yeah, Melier, Byron, Leo, Cresswell, and Strike, same two, Ampadu and Gray, completely agreed, and the same four up top. So you've got James, Sinister, and Mike playing the ten, as they call it nowadays. Nonto on the wing and I think Gala up top as well. So very, very similar. I think we've only got two uh differences in there. Oh well, I think you've got Byron at left back, so yeah. I think we've only got Ailing um and I've got Leo. So those is our predicted... they are, sorry, our predicted elevens. Yeah. I got it nailed on last week, so I'm hoping for two from two this week. But we will see. And we'll touch on sorry, touch on, we'll finish on our final score our scoreline predictions he's about to whisper something to me so what are you wanting to say
1: um predicted score this is where mr negativity comes out because i think we'll get beat 2-1 oh my god i am not having that
0: beat 2-1 I mean it's to be hoped not because Cardiff and Birmingham had to snapped your hand off at the start, and if we don't get two wins from that, and then we have to go and beat West Brom at home on the Friday, Ipswich away. Those two are tough. Obviously, Ipswich beat Sunderland at the at the weekend. Yeah. Fair enough. It'll be far out by the end of August. <laughs> <laughs> no. Leading the charge. Okay, you've gone two one Brum. I'm going to go with five four. <laughs> Like the other year, <laughs> oh, I've got Ealing again off the bench. <laughs> it's not Christmas this time. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go with two-one leads again. I think we'll concede. I was right last time. I said we concede to Cardiff. Yeah. Can't see us keeping a clean sheet again. But yeah, I'm gonna go with two-one leads. Very tight game, nitty gritty. They're a good side, um, got some good players, but I think we'll have enough quality to get over the line. You know, no idea whether we will or we won't, but I do think we, we will in this case. Yeah.
1: It'll be interesting to see. I think it's gonna I just think they're gonna be a bit more championship street wise than what we are, and I think Fark has stressed that it's we need a bit of patience, we need a bit of time. you got to remember these players FARC only met them at the start of July, so he's 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 barely had a month with them. They're still learning the system, we've still got players to come in, we've still got players to leave. So I think it is a work in progress and I wouldn't read too much into where we are at the end of all this. No, and it goes back to the question that Simon put to us earlier. I think it's way too early
0: to tell you. And, you know, even what we said before, if we get to January, we recruit well. We're still in and around 14th, 15th, <laughs> dare we say. Not the same old leads. You can go and win five, six games in the balance in the championship and it can propel you into the playoffs. You know, that is just the the crazy league that it is. You know, I'm not saying we're going to finish 15th, but, you know, it wouldn't surprise me either. However, that's just that's just the madness of this league and it's, it's why we love it. You know, I'm still finding my feet a bit, but I am really going to get into this league soon and um, it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's a joy to be back, but it's something a bit different than getting absolutely hammered every week uh, in the Premier League. So, you know, hopefully we can go there and pick up three points. Hopefully one of us have predicted the start in 11. Anything else to say before
1: we uh, jab out for the weekend? If we're 15th at Christmas, I'm going back to us United. <laughs> yeah. Or you, or you can support City.
0: City. In your, uh, in your hometown, uh, your, not your hometown, your local uh, at the minute, which is Manchester, wrong side of the Pennines. Wrong side of the Pennines. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all from us two this week. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Billy Lumsden. I've been Adam Jameson. And we will see you next week. Come on, Leeds.